Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Matthew chapter 6. I want to talk to you this morning on continuing a series that we've been on called Heart Matters. Heart Matters. Uh, we've, been, we've been going through a journey of what we as a pastoral staff feel like the Lord is, has asked us to journey through. And at the crux of it is everything that we could think of boils down to an issue of the heart. Amen? Our response to and what flows out of the heart and so today, my thought and assignment is to carry along what Pastor Doug also started last week, which was about money and a generosity, maybe from a little different way. And so I want to encourage you before you tune me out, it's far um, deeper probably than you presume. And so I just want to jump right in. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 I'm going to read out loud. You can follow along or just listen. It says, therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not more than food and body, more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Heart matters. Heart matters. How many of you know that there is much that we could conjure up or think about or face that we could worry of? That the human condition is probably more prone than we think to worry or be anxious about. I want to define something for you. The word anxious. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Jesus, surrounded by people. Is, is following up a statement which we're going to get there. And he says, therefore, don't be anxious about your life. The word anxious and worry both come from a root word which means to choke. Down the line, it means to strangle. Don't be anxious about anything. And the question we should be asking here in Jesus is following up on something. What is it that we choke or strangle when we put ourselves in a position of ultimately not trusting God? 
And so we're going to back up a minute because we see a therefore. And I think Pastor Doug has said that somewhere in the journey, um, he was told that when you see a therefore, find out what it's there for. Amen? Amen. So we're just going to back up one verse, Matthew 6, 24. I'm going to read from the Amplified, and this is what it says. It says, no one can serve two masters. Everybody say two. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is an interesting, interesting direction. Jesus, we know, who is the truth teller, is the truth giver. Obviously, he's saying something that would be life for us. Amen. And he's trying to give us direction and lay down the order of the kingdom of God on the earth. Come on, somebody. And so here he tells us that no one can serve two masters. He doesn't say it's going to be hard or it's probable or, or maybe you could do it. He says no one. No one. So right there, the improbability factor just shot through the roof. We as humans cannot do it. And he contrasts God, the maker of heaven and earth and all that we see and creation, and we are in that. And this word mammon that he, that he puts in there, and in other translations it says money, but it's not just money. It's not even necessarily about money. Money, though, is a tool and a method in a way. But, but here he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon actually implies much more than money. Mammon, as the Amplified tells us, it, it implies riches, money, possessions, or whatever we had placed our faith in. So you see, the issue is not the money. It's not the stuff. It's whatever we've placed our faith in. In fact, in early, early, early usage, it was, mammon was ultimately um, the, the, the banker that you gave your money to and trust it in. You see? I mean, you're giving, you're giving your, uh, the trade with which you've, your energy and time, and you're entrusting it to something or somebody to hold. That's an awful lot of trust, huh? I mean, you're, you're making this exchange, and so, so Jesus is getting right down to the heart issue. It really is about trust. It really is about trust. So when we, when we think about the idea, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Don't trust in other things. Trust in the Lord. And don't put yourself in a position where you're choking out. Trust in God into worldly things. We're going to keep reading. Here we go. So... Jesus, isn't, Jesus is saying that we can, at the end of the day, only have one loyalty. It will either be the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of God. Jesus isn't just implying that you should not. He's saying you cannot. It's not even possible that you can split your allegiance between the two. See, his purpose and what he was doing, this is his right in the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of probably the most famous, famous um, scriptures as you read through about how the kingdom of God works. 
We get all the beatitudes and we see how he rewards hard and actions and we see, oh, these are kingdom principles at work. And if you're a believer, these, these are things we can see at work. And wow, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Oh, wow. In other words, I should take on these attributes. Come on, somebody. Jesus was here to lay, lay it down and set it straight. He's contrasting this idea that, that, that the Gentiles, they trust in these things. They trust in the spirit of the age and, and the way it works. And they trust that their life will be fuller and better and richer. And they'll accomplish everything they want to accomplish. And the results will be self-given. And Jesus is telling people, let it not be so amongst you. There is a, there is a new way. And that way is, don't put your hope in those things that you trust here on earth. The spirit of mammon or mammon, this idea that we would uh, greedily consume more, more, more for self. Self into hoard. Now, I, I, uh, I read a book years ago now. And this book really challenged my assumptions it was called radical by david platt and i'm neither giving a plug for it i'm just telling you some influences i was thinking about this and it contrasted this idea of the american dream against versus the kingdom of god and the idea in the american dream was that we would uh, consume 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 and bigger 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 and the kingdom of god is one that as you as you gain you also give and you don't greedily hoard and and your life isn't given just to the accumulation of stuff but you see that your life is given to share in the journey with one another i, I got to tell you though and i want to commend this church and you as a people we have been through a season over the last while where opportunity to give and to share has come up often. And you have demonstrated a heart of God for people time and time again. When a call went out to serve or to bring food or to give, you answered that call. You not only answered the call, but you gave generously you showed up at their houses, you stayed for a time, you gave of your resources, you gave of your vehicles when situations came up, several vehicles that have been given to people in need. I want to commend you and say that this church has demonstrated a heart of God for people because of Jesus. So good on you. Good on you. But, but what is this thing that keeps us and contrasts us and, and keeps us from trusting. I, I want to show you a little video. Um, there's no sound on purpose. But I just want to show you something and then we'll talk about it. There's a great leadership lesson in that for us. And that's that if you're in a position to give instruction, give clear instructions. I really feel for that guy. It's probably happened a long time ago, but <laughs> it really impacted his ability to trust. But, 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 but think about this. How many of us have approached our relationship with God with the fear that something like that will happen to us? 
we won't get caught. There won't be safety. There won't be provision. He's, he, he, we're not sure that he's looking out for us. We're not sure that his presence will be made known to us. We're just so much uncertainty, so much fear. It, it paralyzes us from stepping out and saying, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you've got this situation. I'm going to trust that you have my provision. I'm going to trust that you've got the clothes I'm wearing. I mean, that's what Jesus brought that out, right? I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to step out here and I'm going to believe, Lord God, that, that I'm in your kingdom and you're at work and you care for me. I believe that you are going to reconcile things in my heart and mind and in relationships. Some of us approach our relationship with God thinking something like that. We're just kind of waiting as a, as a safety here. Where, well, we'll step out, but we're kind of just holding back. It's like, okay. You see, the story this morning is not that we don't, we aren't diligent with our finances. The story this morning is not that we wouldn't increase in, 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 in what, we, what we own and, and that we aren't generous. The story isn't that we can't do well in life. But the story is, is that Jesus was instructing us not to be, not to try to be something of duality and, and think that we can serve him and serve the ways of this world. And he used a particular word. And this particular word has, has great meaning to it because it illustrates something about the, the system in the world. You see, money has an impact not just here on earth, but for all eternity, it's just a tool. It's a tool that we can use to further the kingdom of God, to, to help somebody in need, to, to raise. It's a tool that can be used to, to help educate and change minds and raise people from poverty and break situations. It's a tool and can have eternal impacts and good, good uses here on earth. Uh, Mammon is an Aramaic translation for money, but it is also the name of the Syrian god of riches. There's some, there's some things that we can know when we look through Scripture. We see that, that over the Old Testament and what was, what was implied in the New Testament, that, that, this, that mammon as a spirit or a word that is a system in culture is in direct contrast to the kingdom of God. Mammon's attitude or, or thought process or feeling is buy and keep and instead of sow and reap or cheat and steal instead of give and receive. It's this culture of I will do anything I want so that I can own, own, own. It wants to rule our lives and cause us to sacrifice our very character for the gain of. Mammon is all about self-centeredness, can lead to bitterness it promises to give us things only God can rightly give. It talks to us when we're trying to give to God. I had an interesting thing happen after first service. Um, I just shared through all of this. And, and one of the things that, that somebody came up and said in that particular one was, I see in my life when you said it, something sprung up. My flesh along with this sense that every time there's a call for generosity or to give to a need, not even just here in church, but even amongst my friends or, or out there, there's this nagging thought in my head that, well, they don't really need it. I, I could use it more. Don't give it. It is prevented 
their ability to step out and give. They, they'd listen to it. I thought, wow. Let, let's talk about that. Let's, let's pray about it. That's, now that you recognize that there's something you can do with that. You see, mammon we see in Scripture, and, and these are just tools, people. This mammon is connected to pride, greed, and poverty. You see, the spirit of poverty will make us ashamed of the blessings of God. If, if you've ever been from a poverty mindset, you'll understand when, when, when good things happen or when increase happens, you have a difficult time to, to wrap your head and heart around it and to, to give God the glory for it without feeling like you're ashamed or, or unworthy. Or just that I, I, you almost even a, a refusal to, to walk in that blessing because you can't wrap your head that you've been adopted into the kingdom of God and your heirs to the kingdom and the favor of God isn't fair. Wrap your head around that one. That he'll lavish it on whomever he will. And we just, okay, Lord, have your way in that. That's something that we need to talk through and pray over and break. The spirit of pride will, will not acknowledge God for its blessings. It will focus on only itself, that, that whenever that's present, it's the system of the world in league with the pride of life. We can't give glory to God for the great things he's done in our life. We have to take and, and bring it back to us and look what I did and how great it is. Yeah, I did it. I did it. But that's not the heart of God. And that sets itself up for a fall or potential ruin. It's that we, we must give glory to God. It's, and the spirit of greed causes us to hold on to everything we have and seek even more. Even with a hoarding mentality. The system and way of the world. More, more, more. More, more, more. You see, the objective of this is that it steals our trust in God. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 9, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean on, not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear God. Depart from evil. Honor God with your substance and with the first fruits of your increase. You see, it's not a money issue. When we talk about generosity, it's not about that you would give, give, give just so that we get, 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 or organization get, get. It's about a hard posture that says, thank you, God, for what you've done for me. I'm going to turn around and bless, 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 that we give and we're open to say, God, show me. And even when we see needs around us that we're not quick to judge how they got into the, the situation they got themselves into. I'm guilty of this. Guilty of this. Maybe driving down the street, see somebody holding a sign. My mind goes, right? Am I the only one? And even that thought, I want to be, be a wise giver and I want to be. But sometimes the Lord is just saying, Give. Help. Step out. You don't know. You don't know what he's doing. And it coupled with, hey man, I just want to let you know, the Lord loves you. And we do too. Yeah. That we don't let. To be a Christian, this is the essence of what it means. That we trust God before money. That we trust God before our possessions. 
See, the, the spirit of mammon or mammon will prevent us from doing that. It, it, it's an unfaithful. It doesn't want to recognize. It doesn't want to share. It doesn't want to, to give. It wants to hoard and hold. And when it's done using us, it will leave us. It doesn't offer any commitment to us. You see, Jesus, in all his wisdom, is the wisest man who ever lived, shared a truth that could save us. And, as, and in the redemption process, build up our relationship with him. You see, God over and over talks about trusting him, and many times it's coupled with the idea of finances. This valuable exchange for your time, energy, is, is, is somehow you receive payment for it in, in some form. And right there in that payment, we hold our life's value in toil, the exchange. I'll go give you 10, 12 hours today, and I receive something tomorrow. And, and we, we take that exchange, and then we have to decide, what in life do we do with this? Do we, do we put it only toward our own desires or do we say, I, I'm, I will give and I will share because God, that's what you did for me. I will do what's been demonstrated to me. You see, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't choke out hope for tomorrow. Don't choke out what's going to happen in, in believing and trusting God that he can and will do what he says he will do. And one of the things that, that we see in Mark chapter 4, verse 18, in the parable of the sower and the seed, it says, And other ones were sown amongst thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entered in and choke. The word. And it proves unfruitful. But those who were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it. Draw that line. You could write trust right there. And bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So we see in Jesus in the parable of the sower is saying that right there in contrast to the word of God that might come to your ear or what you see working in life is the kingdom of God, gospel at work, is this other thing at play. And that other thing at play is the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things when we give our life to that it chokes out the word of God and its effect in our life but he doesn't just leave us there because that's a pretty dark place right because then he says but here is the one here's how we know the good soil who hear the word and trust it and it bore fruit they trusted what they heard because when you trust something, it means you're going to apply it. It means you're going to, to work it out. It means you're going to, to, to take it, work it through, make it part of you, and then walk in it. Wow, God, you've created me for something different. 
and more. You're a God who I see you're a healer and you're a reconciler and you're a restorer and you're a forgiver and you're a lover of people. And so likewise, I should do the same. I'm going to give my life towards that. When situations seem hopeless, I'm going to, I'm going to have hope. When situations seem dark, I know you are the light. I know you're the rescuer. So that means that whatever situation we might find ourselves in, that Jesus is the hope giver. Begin praying over those situations with hope. Father God, that you're going to intervene right now in this situation. Change my heart. Change my mind. Change my will. Help me to lay it down. Help me to get in line with what it is that you would have for me. In Psalms 46.10, it's... I'm sorry, in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. You see, this morning, we have a great church. We have a great people. I believe that we have a people whose heart is to live out the kingdom of God in their lives. I also believe that there are probably people here who are very unaware of certain things in, in the Bible and in the kingdom of God. And it's just a regular reminder that, that there is a contrast and you've been called out of a system that's another way into a system that has a king and a ruler and his name's Jesus. And there's a way that's been laid out that if we follow is life. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me?